Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I'm so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Also, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, and my new YouTube channel. Be sure to listen to the end of this podcast for a special bonus feature, Mama Anna Speaks. Well, grab your Bible and let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Minister Paula Cornett here with Revelations from the Heart podcast. We are at episode number 15. We've been talking about last day's territory. Last week I started Uh, the Last Day's Territory um, series that we're going to be going over uh, the rest of this month and probably into the next month as well. And what I want to do is I want to take my time and move uh, very slowly because this information is so very important, so very powerful, and it's taken me actually a little longer um, to post the podcast because I've had to chew on this really good first before I deliver it to you all. So, Um, We have been talking about last day's territory. We're going to review uh, what we talked about last week. And with each uh, episode, I will review the previous so that we can make sure that we're getting this in. Because the more we hear it, the more we get it in. And then you'll be able to retain the information a whole lot better. And so as I'm teaching you, I'm learning myself. I'm learning myself. And this 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 is a powerful powerful series, a powerful subject that I am just so excited um, to be teaching and tackling uh, at this time. So we are talking about last day's territory and today we're going to be covering the very first characteristic of the end time society and it is lovers of themselves. And let us go to Second Timothy, that is where we're at and we're going to look at our focus scripture which is um, 2 Timothy 3 and 1, and I'll read that one every time and go over that every time so that, uh, because that is going to be our focus um, scripture. And it says that in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, it said, But know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, let's first review about the book of 2 Timothy. This was a prison epistle. That was written by Paul. He was actually in prison when he wrote uh, this particular letter. And it was the last of his writings. He wrote this to his son in the faith, his mentor, his protege, uh, Timothy. And Timothy, uh, Paul had installed him as the pastor of the church of Ephesus. Paul had founded the church of Ephesus. And the church of Ephesus was the largest of the churches in Asia Minor. It was like the epicenter of the churches. It was Um, In fact, when people came into Ephesus, it was the first, like one of the first places that they came in contact with was the church of Ephesus. And so um, you couldn't come to Ephesus and land in the port without encountering this church. And so it was here at this church that ministers were um, birthed out of this church, where they were trained, where they were um, taught and instructed. And then the other churches, you know, they were surrounding other churches that Paul founded also. But it was Ephesus that was the first one that he started. And so um, he released it to Timothy, to Timothy. And then later on after Timothy, um, 
died. It was released to um, Jesus' disciple, um, John. He was the one that had it. In fact, when he received the uh, vision while on the Isle of Patmos, it was him, it was John that was actually the pastor of the church of Ephesus. And if you read in Revelation, you'll see where the first church that Jesus addresses is actually John's church, uh, John's church himself, all right? So this was written, Paul knew that his days were numbered. He was awaiting trial, um, awaiting to be beheaded, actually, under the rule of Emperor Nero. And it is in 2 Timothy 4 and 7 that Paul says, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. You know, I endured. And he is actually looking forward to receiving the crown of righteousness he talks about in um, 2 Timothy 4. I think it's 4, 4 and 8. He goes on to talk about the crown of righteousness um, that, that he will receive. But he longs to see Timothy one last time. And he gives him several, several instructions. He gives him encouragement. Uh, I encourage you to read the entirety of of this book. I've read it 10 plus times and probably will read it again some more because each time I read it, it just gets more and more. It's just richer and richer. And so I'm not suggesting that you read it that many, but if you want to, you can. But I've read it. I mean, I've just been like in love with it. I've read it in several different um, translations just to get a feel of it because I want to get it on the inside of me. But Paul recalls um, Timothy's spiritual heritage. You know, and how his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice had trained him up in the things of God. This is so very, 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 very important. So very key. And uh, especially to parents that you train your children in the things of God. You don't just train them into the society. You train them in the things of God. Because just as the scripture says, that if you train them up in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. They may try to stray. They may try to veer off. But if you train them up, and train means you lead by example. You can't expect them to do anything that you yourself are not going to do. The things that I do, I've done and do because I've had a mother and a father that have trained me. I've seen them model those things themselves. And so um, it's so very powerful that Paul notes this, that Timothy, I, I see your spiritual heritage, that your grandmother it was in your grandmother, Lois, and it was in your mother, Eunice, and then it was been handed on to you. And so be encouraged in knowing that to keep training those children up, train your children up from the time they're little to the time that they're little. All right. And then Paul goes on to say um, and, and encourage Timothy and he gives him several commands. I looked throughout there and saw several of the commands. I'm going to mention just a few. There's several more, but he tells him to stir up the gift. He told him, don't be ashamed of the gospel. He also tells him, don't be ashamed of me either because I'm in prison. And some of the people, a lot of the people had deserted Paul because he was in prison. But he told Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. To hold fast sound word. To hold fast to that. To endure afflictions. To do the work of an evangelist. To fulfill your ministry and to preach the word. These are just a few th that he gave. And also, I can hear the echoing for us as well. That you got to stir up that gift. You got to stir up the gift on the inside of you. You don't, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. We got to hold fast to the sound word. We got to endure afflictions. We got to do the work of an evangelist. That means to preach and teach and minister to people. Whatever level of influence that we're on. It doesn't just mean pulpit, but it also means that wherever we are, 
Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill the assignment God has given you, the call that God has on your life. And preach the word. Preach the word wherever you go. Preach it at the mall. Preach it to your family. Preach it wherever you go. Wherever I go, I'm ministering and preaching to people. No, I'm not always standing up and saying, you need to do this. You no, but my life is being a witness to them and preaching and ministering to them. So it's in this particular uh, book that we get the famous scripture, the scripture that is relevant for the day and time in which we're living. And a lot of people have been standing on at this time. And that is 2 Timothy 1, 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. And as we jump ahead to um, chapter 3, we see that the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul about how society will be in the last days. And in fact, it's talking about the end of the last days, the end of the end of the last days. All right, now let's let's talk about this first, about, about last days. That we have to establish, and I talked last week about the last days. When did it start? Because I used to think, you know, like we talk about last day, end time events, and surely thought those things were far off when I was younger. And, you know, knew that probably would ex be at some point experience and, and be a part of some of those things. But now that it's here, it's like, wow, oh, my goodness, I just really can't believe this. And the last days was initiated at Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2 and fell on Pentecost, Peter, after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, got up and ministered and preached a powerful message and he started it off by saying that in the last days, saith the Lord, he's prophesying from the book of Joel. Joel had prophesied this many years ago that in the last days that God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And he goes on to, you know, give the things that will take place and to happen in the last days. And so the last days was actually initiated at Pentecost. And so this 2000 year period that that all that in between there, all that in the middle of there has been the last days period, okay? And so where we are now, jumping ahead to the present day, where we are now, we are at the end of the last days. We are at the end of the age, all right? And so it's very important that we know that. So let's let's go here and let's look at this. Um, let's break down these words once again. And it says, but know this, and we said that the, the word this is the Greek word tauto, which means this or very specific. And it, then the next word is also, and it's the Greek word day, and it just means also or indeed, but it's, it's emphatically saying, and it's categorically saying that you need to know this, that you need to make sure that you are aware of this. It's almost as if like the Holy Spirit is grabbing, grabbing you by the collar through these words, and, and he's saying, mark my word, this is definitely going to happen. And it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take place. So you need to make sure that you understand what's happening and what's going on. And God leaves his, has left his word for us to give us warning, to, to give us, um, uh, um, just to let us know beforehand what's going to take place so that we can be prepared. We're not to fear. We're not to be afraid. We're not to uh, cower in fear or be afraid, but to understand and know that, if you're in Christ, everything's going to be all right. And God will take care of you. Just like the children of Israel, he sent them manna from heaven to take care of them. 
And so, you know, the world that we live in, the things of this world, everything is subject to change and it's, it's, it's shakable. The only thing that is not shakable is the kingdom of God. And so if you're part of that kingdom, hey, he's going to make provision for you. He's going to, he's going to take care of you. Then it says, um, and actually in the original Greek, it doesn't say, but know this. It actually flips it. It says this also know. So the next word is know, which is the word gnosko, the Greek word gnosko. And it means to know something definitely, emphatically. There's that word again, with absolute certainty. It's not just a might be or a maybe, but this is a this is a definitely going to happen. So know this, know that, or the, the word that is the word hodi, which points to a specific and important point. So the Holy Spirit, he's given specific detail and it's important. And you need to know this. You need to know this. And we talked about that the last days when it when it when it was in that time period, it was initiated at Pentecost. And so we have all throughout our lives have been living in the last day period. All throughout your parents or grandparents, your grandparents been living, we've been living in the last day's time period. But what the Holy Spirit is talking about here is the, in the word, what he says last is the Greek word eschatos, where we get the word eschatology. You probably have heard of that word before, which is the study of end times. All right. And this word is, means the ultimate end of a thing, the extreme end. This word was used in classical Greek literature to depict a place that was furthest away, such as the very ends of the earth, the final port, or the last stopping off of a journey, something that is final, the very end. So I said I like to say it like this, that the last days or the final hour, the last of the last of the last of the last of the last days. So the very end of it. What's going to happen? It says that perilous times shall come. So the word perilous is the Greek word kalapos, which means dangerous, risky, hurtful. Just just, just difficult times where we see that, you know, you can barely step outside on your front porch without impeding danger. You can barely be inside without impeding danger. I mean, we hear on the news reports of how people have um, gone to places like the movies or the mall or just out to get something at the drugstore or and have been shot and killed or people have been right in their home watching television and have just you know a bullet is coming and, and shot them or a break-in or anything like that so we're definitely living in perilous times the word time is the word kairos which means a specific or definite season then we come to the next word which is shall come and it's actually compounded of two words and when you put these two words together it means to stand in, to stand in the middle of, or to be surrounded, to be encumbered, to stand in the very middle. So we, the people in this day, the, the, in this, um, to, to, I mean, um, shall come, means that we'll actually be standing in this time. All this stuff will be all around us. It'll be all around us, and we'll see it. And I like to say it like this. We'll be surrounded by crazies and crazy stuff. Now, I know if you watch the news or if you... um. If you are uh, just in conversation with people, it baffles me sometimes, Some the thought process of people. And like, what in the world? How did you come to that conclusion? How how did you, why would you think like that? That's just, that's just not good thinking. And um, we see of stuff and hear of stuff. People do and people say, and it's just like, this is so crazy. You've never seen um, stuff like this. And this time, 
it's definitely marked out from all other times. But the good news is to know that this is also a great time. This is also a great time. This is a time that the prophets have prophesied about. This is a time that people of old wish they could be in this time. Because in this time, we will see the greatest outpouring of the presence of the Lord. We will see the greatest outpouring of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So great and mighty miracles will happen at this time. Because as the world goes dim, light outshines darkness. The light shines even brighter. As it gets darker and darker, the light shines even brighter. And so... um know that we were born for this hour we are appointed anointed and chosen for this hour for this time so god has given us provision he has made a way for us and he knows that we're going to be able to endure so although we may be surrounded by crazies and crazy stuff you don't have to follow suit you don't have to succumb to the things that they succumb to but you can continue to stand in the purposes of God. And so then this brings us to the first one of these characteristics. There are actually 25 characteristics that the Holy Spirit lays out that will mark an end-time society, the people that will be in an end-time society. And the first one is in um, 2 Timothy 3 and 2. It says, For men will be lovers of themselves. All right, let's talk about this and, and what this actually means and what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then to analyze our own life and make sure that we're not falling into this category, okay? The word lovers of themselves is the Greek word, and it's compounded of two words. It's um, philiatos, and it's the first word is uh, philio, which means to love or to be fond of. And it denotes the love, fondness, attracting, or romantic feelings one has for another and then autos it just means oneself so when it's compounded together it means the love of self and it actually describes inordinate self-love self-preoccupation or one in love with and consumed with himself self-absorbed self-focused inordinate self-love now let's understand and know that you do have to have a certain amount of love for yourself all right, it's called having good self-esteem. That's not what this is talking about here. What this is talking about is in more of the terms of almost like a sick love of the self where the self is the center. All right, where you are the center. And this is like a person looking in the mirror and just falling in love with themselves. All right, a good example of this is if you look on Facebook or social media outlets and while I believe and know that social media is a tool that you can use to share the gospel if used in the right way but a lot of people abuse it and don't use it in the right way and so you know while it's okay to post a picture you know of what you look like so people can recognize you know who you are but there's some people that have posted pictures they post a picture of themselves every single day three four five times a day and that's that's the self-love that is that's an example of the self-love that this is talking about here where they're following in love with themselves okay now you got to love yourself and take care of yourself to get that understand that 
But this is where self is the center. And people like this only make decisions on how it affects them. All right? How it affects them. They're not going to do anything to, to go out of their way or to bring them out of their comfort zone. It's all about themselves. And this is the first sign of a last day society. This is a misdirected love because Jesus should be the center of your life. And whatever he asks you to do, that is what you should do. And most of the time when God asks you to do something, it's going to take you out of yourself. It's going to take you out of your every time. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. But to know that there's no greater place in being than to know that you're being obedient to God and what he's calling you to do. So this is the first sign. Lovers of themselves. Where they are the center. They are the focus. They don't do anything that would cause them to. Um, no decisions on, on, on how it will affect them. They do everything for self. All right. And so all the other characteristics flow out of this lovers of themselves. It says that. The first characteristic for men will be lovers of themselves. The second one, lovers of money. The third one, boasters. The fourth one, proud. Blasphemers. The fifth, make sure I'm following this. The sixth, disobedient to parents. The seventh, unthankful. Eighth, unholy. Nine, unloving. Ten, unforgiving. Eleven, slanderers. Twelve, without self-control. Uh, Thirteen, brutal. Fourteen, despisers of good. 15, traitors, 16, headstrong, 17, haughty, 18, lovers of pleasure, uh, 19, rather than lovers of God, 20, no, 19, I'm sorry, having the form of godliness, number 20, but denying the power, 21, for all sorts of those who creep into the households of women, 22, loaded down with sins, led astray by various lusts, 23, now, as Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so do those also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds. And then the last one, 25. 24 is in there too. Disapproved concerning the faith. Um, and 25. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's um, 2 Timothy 3 and 13 is the last one, number 25. So all of these characteristics, 25 of them. <clears throat> and we see every last one of these in our society today. Every last one of these characteristics will be and will be a marker of the sign of the last days. And lovers of them, lovers of themselves, is the first one. It's the number one because all of, and and all of these others that we see, lovers of money, boasters. When you love yourself, you're gonna boast. Proud. When you love yourself or into yourself, you're gonna be proud. If when you enter yourself and you love yourself, you, you're going to be a lover of money as well. Unloving, unforgiving. So we have to make sure that our love is not like this. All right. And that while we do take self-care and we love ourselves, but that we are not the center. All right. And this word also in here, um, for men will be lovers or shall be lovers. Of themselves the word shall be is the word it, it means just it means I am so this would be in essence like the I am generation it's all about me these people will be narcissistic self-consumed they'll be off balance faulty and the theme of the society will be selfishness 
Now I'm seeing in the midst of the pandemic that's been going around how people are so selfish, so selfish, so selfish to the point that they went out and hoarded up cleaning supplies and hoarded up toilet paper. And while, okay, you need to have what you need, yeah, but you don't need to have so much so that you just bought up every roll of toilet paper that there's people that needed it that had to wait, couldn't get it because somebody bought up. And the bad thing about it is, is that if I do buy a little overage, I bought, I've, I've, I bought that overage not to be selfish, but to give to someone else that, that, that needs some, but not to be so selfish with it. And the other things that people have, you know, the, the, the um, states have been shut down and, and like the, the hair salons and, that, and people, I mean, have been wanting their beauticians to do their hair, you know, do your own hair or just wait until, you know, this is over and do what you have to do. I'm thankful that even though my sister, she is my, um, my beautician and she, when, you know, she does my hair, but I'm versatile that if she can't do it, I can do it myself. Now I like for when she does it, it's a lot better. You know, you, you just, it's just easier on you. She knows what she's doing, how to do it, but she's taught me how to do my own hair. So that just in the case that she can't do it, or I can't get there that I'm able to do it, you know, myself or as well. But the thing that we see is that we see selfishness. It's the theme of the society and it's the theme of the end time society. So our love has to be directed towards God first. God is number one. God is number one. Then your family and then to others. Okay. And then to others. Don't lose your love for God and the things of God. Don't lose your love for your family, for your family, check on your family, do stuff with your family, call your mother, call your father, um, forgive one another, love one another, call your children, call your grandchildren, do stuff with your family, okay, don't lose your love for your family, don't lose your love for your family, and then you have to love others, had a pastor, my pastor at the time, he said that joy was, it gave an acronym for joy. It was Jesus, others, and then yourself. And so when you put God first, you put Jesus first, then you serve others. And then, you know, yourself is, is, is last. You'll have joy. You'll have joy. And so just be encouraged to know and look at your own life and examine your own life to make sure that you're not falling into this category of lovers of yourself or you want to make sure that you are a lover of God and that the very love of God exudes from your being and not a selfish love or not a not a narcissistic attitude or a self-consumed or an off-balance love or a misdirected love but your love should be towards God and God alone well let me pray for you and I look forward to next week we will talk about lovers of money uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh. we're gonna break each and every one of these down we're gonna i'm gonna build upon the last week so that we make sure that we understand what each and every one of these are talking about and make sure that we're not falling into this category but that we are a people that put our trust and faith in god that we are a people that has god 
in the center of our lives and then everything else flows from that center. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Oh Lord, your word is such truth and I thank you for the ability to unlock your truth. Thank you, Father God, that you left us with instructions, that you left us with wisdom to know how to navigate and live in these end times, in these final moments, in these last days. Lord, I thank you that you've counted us worthy, worthy to see and to be alive in this time. Help us to understand and know that you have called us, you have anointed us, you have appointed us for this time, for this hour, and for this season. And just like Esther, Lord, you've brought us into the kingdom for such a time as this. I pray, Father, that you help us to analyze our own lives and to make sure that you are the center, that we are not the focus, that we're not the center, but that, Lord, you are in you alone. I thank you, Father God, for touching hearts, for changing perspectives and attitudes, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will not be lovers of ourselves, but that we will be lovers of God. And I thank you and I praise you, Father, for each and every person that's listening to this under the sound of my voice, that you use them in the scope and sphere of their influence, Father God, that they will, as Paul instructed Timothy, do the work of an evangelist and to preach the word and to see the harvest. I thank you and praise you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. And remember, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In this episode, we have a special bonus feature, and we're going to call this spot Mama Anna Speaks. So from time to time, when the Lord impresses upon Mama Anna's heart, she's going to come on and share, Thus saith the Lord. Mama Anna is my own mother, and I thank God for her, for the blessing that she's been in my life, and for the example that she's been. But the Lord was just pressing on her heart some things to share. And so I said, well, you can have a spot on the podcast to share, and this is going to be called Mama Anna Speaks. So she's in the studio with me. And I'm so very glad to have her to share with you, thus saith the Lord. So just thank God for Mama Anna. Hello, everyone. So glad to be with you today. As I was listening to our governor, we're in the state of Indiana. As I was listening to him talking about how that he was going to open up our city, our state, just reminded me of the children of Israel, how they were in captivity for 400 years, and how they prayed for God to send them a deliverer. And he did. He sent them Moses. He answered their prayer, and he sent them Moses. Well, you know, um, Moses was there, and there was a lot of plagues that they went through because Pharaoh would not allow the people to go. But the last plague was when Moses told Pharaoh that they were going to kill the young, the oldest of everything there, of every child, every animal, every, if he did not let the people go. And he, he wouldn't let them go. So Moses gathered the Israelites together 
and he um, told them to put to kill a lamb and put the blood over their door face and then he told them to quarantine to stay inside do not come out I don't know how long this went on but they stayed inside and that when the death angel would come it would go over them would not stop at their house if he saw the blood so they did that well Pharaoh did not do that and his oldest son died so then he was very upset so he let the people go he let the Israelites go so they went on headed for the promised land and you know they had some things they had that came up against them the Red Sea God parted it they went walked off over uh, on dry land and there was he gave them food in the wilderness he gave them water but they was murmuring and complaining they wanted to go back to Egypt where they were slaves and they were held in bondage but God told them that when you go to the promised land be sure not to forget me now a lot of the people didn't make it because they murmured and complained the older people were all they all died and the young people their children made it in the promised land and you know that just makes me think about this time here we're doing we're going through this pandemic and how that we have prayed and you know when we get our backs to the wall we just pray and then when it turns God turns it around we want to go back to our same old lives well we can't do that God has brought us through this he's bringing us through this and we're going to have to make sure that we put him first in our lives and how we do this is we keep ourselves holy, sanctified, and set apart. God said in his word, if you love me, keep my commandments. What's God's commandments? Go in your read your Bible and see what his commandments is, what how he wants us to live and what he wants us to do. And we're not going to go back to Egypt, to the world. We're going to stand for righteousness sake. And we're not going, when God brings us out of this into the promised land, we're going to put him first in our lives. And I encourage you today that God should be first in your life. Not money, not husband, not wife, not children, not grandchildren, not business, not anything comes before God. And I just encourage you today to put God first in your life. He has done some great things for us. The word says, I haven't seen, ear haven't heard, nor has it entered the heart of man what God has for those who love him. And we have the greatest sacrifice of all, the lamb that was slaughtered for us, Jesus. He gave his life a ransom for many. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So, Be encouraged today and know that God is with you. Now, I'm talking to people that are saved, that God is with you. You claim to be saved. There's things that you need to do the way you need to live and be sure to put God first in your life. Thank you and God bless you. Hope you enjoyed this bonus feature. 
in this episode, Mama Anna Speaks. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornette.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon. Thank you.